Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Around the NFL podcast. Lost the locker room and can't find it. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes to my left. Chris Wessling to my right. Greg Rosenthal, what's up, boys? Hey, Dan. All right. I'm so happy to be back here. It's safe in here. After a long journey uh, to Indianapolis, Greg put me on several connecting flights to get back to Los Angeles and uh, I just feel safe in this studio, and I feel better. You know, it was fun doing the show on the road, but it's good to be back with you guys. What, I'm booking your travel now? <coughs> you're the break. boss. I know you're big time, and you're becoming a prima donna, but I'm not going to be booking your travel. And by the way, I, w- I wish Mark Sessler is with family. I got a, a text. We might get him on the line a little later, but he hiking in the woods. Cryptic text. Sh- shocker. <laughs> and uh, What else would he do in an off day? I, I think the way, Greg, you built the schedules, because Mark went west. Um, as I alluded to last week, Mark embraced being the number one in charge in Indianapolis. And this is where you can tell Greg as a as a manager is really he's found his footing. He wisely, he gave Mark three straight days off after Combine. So maybe like the, it's like putting a goldfish into the tank, but you keep it in the plastic bag first before you let it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Just so it would be too much of a culture shock to drop Mark back into a number two role. Oh, I didn't know that's where you're going with that. My number one combine takeaway. got family takeaway. in town. Give me a break. Just above the new guy who jumped 43 inches or 44 inches and and broke a new world record in the broad jump, Mark Sessler's power play uh, was my number one takeaway from the combine. Wow, Greg, do you have any concerns that Mark enjoyed being the boss too much? I need to hear more about this because the, the only time we've really talked about it was on the phone with you, and it was mm-hmm. it was surprising. Uh, but I think I kind of liked it. Mark really stepping up. I would have liked to have seen wh- how it played out in action. I'm really more concerned that Wes doesn't even know Byron Jones's name, the guy who – I know his name. I was doing that for effect. We're b- <laughs> we're boning up on our, our <laughs> prospect knowledge, and that's why we're going to have Bucky Brooks in here regularly as we get closer and closer to the end of April and the NFL draft in Chicago. Well, how did you feel about the Mark uh, takeover, by the way? As someone who – Okay, you got there and you thought, okay, this is going to be great. Just the animals and the inmates mm. are running the asylum. But mm-hmm. then in comes Mark with his 
fist his, of justice. Yeah, iron his fist, fist. His iron fist. Uh, you know, I, to be to be quite honest, initially it was a, a surprise. I was like, wow, you're talking to me in this tone. But then I fell in line quickly. It just shows that I'm not meant to be a manager figure. I'm more, I want to be the guy that, you know, needs to be reined in, not the one trying to rein in others. Heavy wears the crown. Heavy wears the Something. crown, exactly. So uh, with that, we got a very nice show. I, I love today's show. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about the combine a little bit. You know, we last time we were we were on, we talked about the press conferences mostly, the coaches uh, and the GMs. But after that, they had you know three days of uh, combine action between all the uh, prospects that were invited to Indianapolis. So we'll maybe share some takeaways. We'll be QB heavy uh, because I, I feel like as a group here, that's kind of where our minds focus the most, and that's why we're going to get Bucky in next week to really dig in deeper and deeper, and we'll all be experts by the time the draft comes. Uh, also, we're going to go through Wes. You're working, and it might be up by the time this podcast is up. Is that fair? No, it won't. Okay, not. it's well, coming. It, it, it'll be up by the end of uh, Tuesday. Yeah, the scientist, the mailman, Chris Wessling, is about to drop something that might change digital media. Uh, <laughs> cut candidates, so uh, you know, prominent names or veterans that could be released ahead of the start of free agency, uh, which of course will. Uh, lead to a lot of debate about where those guys end up and landing. So we'll go through li- uh, uh, Wes's list of both AFC and NFC players. Uh, but before any of that, we got to check in behind the glass. He uh, just celebrated a birthday that inched him closer to 30. Uh, and once you hit 28, no longer can you be called young Kobe. You're now youngish Kobe. TD, how you doing, buddy? Go show it's your birthday. <laughs> Well, that actually was supposed to be the news drop, and that got replaced by something much better. You find oh, show. All right, nice to um, And that also was with Greg and Chris, whose their birthday was last week as well. That's Stand right. We got the same a birthday. Lot of birthdays. A lot of birthdays. But yours, there's a certain sense of mortality, especially physically for you, because you've always prided yourself on your youth, and Father Time wins all battles. You, you're getting older. But they do say 28 is your physical peak. So 27, actually, but yeah. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> they say I know in Just baseball, prime. Uh, age 27 is the magical year for a baseball player. They say that you'll never be better. Maybe in, in street hoops, it's different. I think hoops 28 is where you want to be. What okay. about what about producing podcasts? We're still waiting for the prime of that. <laughs> when is that coming? Heat. I love it. Fingers crossed on 28. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, happy birthday to everyone. And my birthday is coming up in April, so I, I'm expecting something huge from my colleagues <laughs> at that time. Uh, TD, let's do some news. I'm right here. Where it started at? I'm still here. How I forget? And that's probably news to a lot of people's ears, but Marshawn Lynch has a movie. Oh, wow. Good job by you. It's called Family First, the Marshawn Lynch story, and that was Marshawn Lynch in this movie, acting out a scene. Let's play that one more time. Yeah. I'm right here. Where it started at? I'm still here. How I forget? I watched that. It was a four-minute clip. It has the chance to be the worst movie ever released. And it won't be released in theaters. It's one of those movies where you immediately, once you see the lighting on it and uh, the actors involved, that you know it's something that maybe best case scenario is on Netflix, but most likely it will be in Marshawn Lynch's living room, and that's it. But maybe we somehow can get our hands on it. I want to watch it. Greg, uh, permission. Thing, it's got to go to Netflix. you got to write a review. I was going to get permission to write a review because that – play it one more time because the music in the background. i got two more clips. Let's play it. Okay. Play this again one more time. I'm right here. Where it started at. 
Hear, hear that? Bow, bow, bow. Got they, some hyphy. That's going four straight minutes. That's the background music. And uh, the production team back here was able to deduce that that is from Hustle and Flow. That's like the start of the song in Hustle and Flow. I don't know Uh-oh. if they have the rights to that or Probably what not. that is. But <laughs> they, don't, they don't have here, the rights to anything here's else. This, here's this other clip of him talking to a kid. You got to tell me something. Is you a reporter? No. You sure? Yep. All right, what's up? What you got for me? <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, the actor. Who would have thought? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, It would be great job, if Marshawn Lynch wasn't playing the role of Marshawn Lynch in this story. He isn't until college, and then all of a sudden this obvious like 28-year-old dude is supposed to be playing an 18-year-old <laughs> Cal running back. Uh, everybody's got to watch it. Find it. Uh, all right, let's start the news. And we'll start with Sam Bradford, uh, who, if you go back last week, uh, Les Need and Jeff Fisher kind of shot down the idea that he would be anywhere else but St. Louis – uh, but there have been reports recently of interest from the Bills and the Browns, uh, but this, it seems unlikely. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported, as of Tuesday, no team has contacted the Rams about trading for the quarterback via sources informed of the situation. Uh, Wes, we'll start with you. Uh, does it make sense, first of all, if a team call, came calling to the Rams for the Rams to play ball, potentially? Of course. This all is stemming from Bradford's camp. The Rams want him to accept a pay cut because he's going to have to compete for a starting job coming off second straight torn ACL. And he doesn't want to accept a pay cut, so he's his agent has been given permission to go out and talk to other teams. And it sounds like they are also drumming up reports that say these other teams are interested, but none of them have actually called the Rams. So I, I don't know how much – how. I don't know. You would have to be awfully desperate to give up a second-round draft pick and pay Sam Bradford $13 million. Right, that's the problem. I think you could probably find a team like the Bills that were desperate enough to pay him that money or close to it if he was a free agent. But to do that and a pick, the Bills don't even have their first-round pick because of the Sammy Watkins, is outrageous. But if you're Bradford, and I think this is all where it's coming from, it's like that's why you pay your agent Tom Condon to be your agent. I mean, that's like the number one quarterback agent in the league. He wants. He says, well, we're going to try to make all this money, so let us go shop us around and let's see what we can get. And It probably won't happen, and most likely he'll just take the pay cut, stay with the Rams. But the fact that they're even open to it does make me think, who knows? Maybe they play hardball. They get word from a team like the Bills that will pay you X amount if you become a free agent, and the Rams end up having to face a tough choice. Do we cut him, or do we just pay him the money because he's not going to accept a pay cut with us? Well, I think it's definitely a it's it's a not so subtle change in in the Rams' public stance towards Sam Bradford that they'd allow him to shop himself. Yeah, the stance from three days ago, by the way. Well, the stance that they've had the <laughs> last few years since they turned down the RG three trade that he's their franchise quarterback, and now the most interesting part of Ian's report is he's got to compete for a starting job. We will not delete. We um, will not delete. But who are they? Who are they, they say that? But who is he going to be competing with? Maybe, Austin Davis, maybe Sean Hill. Maybe a second-round pick. I mean, I, I'm stunned that Sam Bradford's value has turned around enough that he has any leverage at all. But that just shows how bad the free agent quarterback market is, how desperate teams are, and how thin the rookie class of quarterbacks is. It seems to me – it felt to me being there that both Fisher and Snead were sincere about wanting to keep Fisher, uh, keep Bradford there for another year. And it is interesting to me, like the two guys – that. You know, Bradford and RG3 will be tied together 
because the Rams choosing to keep Bradford in there. Both these teams now, the Redskins and Rams, are holding on to these guys, hoping that something gets turned around and uh, now pretty deep into their careers. Moving on, the Adrian Peterson saga continues to uh, get murkier and murkier and juicier. It's kind of like a soap opera going on. Of course, he's suspended until April 15th. Uh, because of his child abuse incident. Uh, there had been reports out there that uh, Adrian Peterson was not comfortable going back to the Vikings, who he believed left him high and dry during the process that led to him ending up on the exempt list. However, Adrian Peterson's father came out and told the Pioneer Press that let's not get too crazy about there being no chance about the Vikings and Peterson uh, ending up together next year. Here's the quote. He is open to returning to the Vikings. He hasn't closed the door on saying, I won't play for the Vikings. He hasn't demanded a trade. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are it's all about money. Wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> mm. It's always all about money. I like how, you know, there's these reports of, you know, disagreements and Adrian Peterson doesn't feel respected. And, and I'm sure that's true. And his agent and, you know, everyone's not getting along. But if they pay Adrian Peterson the money that he's due and they guarantee him some of his money next year, as Ian Rappaport said, then he'll be happy. It's just about money. He feels like he lost money about because of how they treated him last year, and he wants to get it back. I don't think he ever plays for the Vikings again. I think he's legitimately hacked off about – What was he? Hacked off. Hacked off. Cheesed off. Cheesed off. Is this Cincy talk? It's a, la- it's a way to avoid um, pissed off. Oh. Okay. Say pissed off. I, it, it's, it's a little crude. I don't particularly care for that phrase. Okay. We just – Brought it up. All right, go on. Sorry. So anyway, I hope we can move past. Are you hacked off that we or that I interrupted you? Not at all. Okay, good. I think it was a it was a nice question to okay. get to the bottom of where I was going. Okay. Adrian Peterson, <laughs> the whole world is coming down upon him. Last year, he feels attacked for for a way that he was brought up, a way he was raised that he thinks was right, even though he was clearly wrong. And the Vikings conspired against him. He's not going to let that go. Connor Orr did bring up after Thursday's podcast that, yes, while that is that is one way to look at it, and I, I guess you could see it from Peterson's perspective, the Vikings did try to bring him back in September uh, and then got killed uh, publicly, and then that led to him getting pulled back onto – put back on suspension or the exempt list. So they it's not like they totally – They out to sponsors and to the local sentiment in Minnesota. Money makes the world go round. Miss Mizell. They didn't have a backbone. Straight cash, homie. Well, it wouldn't have mattered, I don't think, if they had a backbone. Like, what choice did they really have? The league was going to step in. He wasn't going to be playing. He got unlucky because of the timing and everything else that was swirling around in the NFL at the time. But sponsors are dropping out. I'm just amazed now. Like, what about those sponsors now? Now they're cool? They're like, everyone remembered, oh, yeah, this guy's the greatest running back of all time. That's true. That's I, guess, I guess we're totally cool paying him $10 million, $12 million now because the Vikings spent all of last week just puffing him up, which was weird. I feel like they backed themselves into a weird corner. Now, now they look like clowns if they can't keep him. And at this point, they're going to have to do a lot to keep him. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we'll go circle back to the Browns now because – uh, today was the big announcement, at least half the announcement. They're really dragging this out. We thought it was going to be, or I thought it was going to be the uniform announcement, the new uniform for the Browns. And it turns out it's just the helmet and a secondary logo for the Cleveland Browns and the big changes, gentlemen. The gray face mask is now brown, uh, and the orange helmet is now orangier. And that's about it. Uh, there's also a, a dog, the dog that they used to have. The, that was never really used as a logo anyway is now more cartoonish. 
Uh, and those are the big changes. And you know what? I feel like even though he's not here, we got to cut to the wilderness of Los Angeles and get the great quiet storm. Mark Sessler on the line to talk about the new Browns logo. Mark, how what, are you? I mean, what is there to talk about? <laughs> are you in the woods right now? Where are you? I'm parked along a street. <laughs> okay. Hey, Mark, so Mark, it was all done. I texted with Mark about, hey, would you like to come on for a few minutes and talk about this? Mark, as I, I predicted in my head, was going to come back with a text like, oh, I'm sure everybody's killing the Browns, and Mark was worried that he was going into some type of ambush attack. But really, and nobody, nobody cares that much, but we thought it would be important to get your insight on are you happy with the, the subtle changes so far to the Browns logo? <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like I don't have a like a gigantic hot take. Like when I got on Twitter this morning, which was a mistake. Oh, every you know, all sorts of funny men coming out of the woodwork <laughs> with their Browns joke. Shocking! Like, I didn't see this. Where? Yeah, oh, there yeah. were a lot of yeah. people. Sports writers trying out their jokes all morning. It was it was all over the place. I don't. I I think they. Well, bottom line, they handled this in an ill way because the way that they made it sound no. like was get ready because a bomb is about to get dropped on everything <laughs> you thought the Browns were about. And then it's a picture of a helmet with, you know, that only like absolute niche fans would notice the major differences here. So I, I think that um, the uniform better be a pretty striking change for this not to be a completely underwhelming one-two punch from the Browns. Well, I take offense to the whole thing because what they haven't considered is the many Americans like me who are afflicted with color blindness. Oh, okay. and I can't even tell any difference. Wait, you're coming out on this? I'm. I'm all right, all right. Out Let's, there. It's I all know, out it's there. So courageous of you that you've gone beyond this major handicap. Well, I know there's a Greg's lot. going to be on the cover of Time Magazine. Yep, I'm colorblind. <laughs> I know a lot of people struggle with this, and I thought bringing it into the public sphere. You'll never be make, a pilot. It's going to make it more normal so that everyone can just accept it's part of people's lives. I can't even tell the difference between the two shades of orange. They look exactly the same to me. Uh, what about the colorblind well, people, Mark? I know, Greg, you've been a real advocate for that issue. Um, you know, in the office, at least, I've heard you mention that at least once or twice. So that's a, per big, day. That's a big part of this. Well, um, I Listen, I mean, how about this? Until It doesn't matter what the logo is, what their color of their helmet is, until you're occasionally dropping a winning season on this fan base. I, I, I think you cannot generate much excitement in late February around these changes. Well, maybe this will give you some excitement, Marcus. This comes from uh, Browns president Alex Schneier. As always, we spent significant time engaging with our fans during this process and took a very methodical approach the past two years, two years, to determine certain core characteristics symbolic of our great city. Go for it. A liar. Oh, wow. So there you go. Really? This is, up there with my, this is my Odell Beckham theory, part two. What if I said, listen, guys, I need to take like a two-year sabbatical uh, for the NFL site, and when I come back, it's going to be massive, and it were like a 800-word post about, you know, backup quarterbacks. Mm. Well, hey, uh, this is the same organization that spent $100,000 last year for that quarterback study, only to end up with Johnny Manziel. Oh, I wonder how oh. much they spent on a consultant for – Making their helmet a little bit more orange. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. All right, Mark. Before Mark, this devolves into just uh, pot shots at Cleveland, you know, Mark, we we should let you go. You have anything else? Well, while before you go, we do. We have learned Josh McCown is visiting the Browns today. So, any thoughts on Josh McCown? No, we already knew that. Next quarter. No, we we knew they might have had interest, but now he's in the building. McCown. Bring them all in. Bring them all Don't in. Don't let him out. Interview everyone that's thrown a football. Wow, Someone's going to pan out. I just looked into the future. 
Mark, very optimistic as a Browns fan. Josh McCown for the second straight year, number 25 on the uh, making the list list. Oh, I like it. Making the leap. Brown's quarterback. (laughs) Mark's running this operation now. He made the power play. We're not doing making the leap. Yeah, let's save that talk until Mark gets back, though. We really got to go forward. I shrunk it to six players. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Good luck in the woods. And remember, like, when it starts to get a little dark, don't be a hero. Get back to that car. Listen, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Hopefully. That's Mark Sessler. I think they should just emblazon the physical manifestation of an of a laughing stock on the side of the Browns helmet <laughs> instead of changing the color. What would that look like? There, that's for the around the NFL guy that uh, fan that that tweets out quotes. There, there's one for you, a golden <laughs> one on the Browns future. Let's move on to the New York Giants, who will no longer have defensive end uh, Matthias Kiwanuka uh, in their. Uh, Defense, Mm -hmm. that was nice. The team announced that the defensive end has been released. Uh, He spent nine years with Big Blue. Two Super Bowl wins, Greg, over who? It's all All in the past now. Both both over the Patriots. (laughs) Kiwanuka had been in decline, and the team uh, saves $4.825 million on the cap by cutting ties. Chris Wessling, the scientist, what will you remember about Matthias if he doesn't play another down? What year is this, 2009? Why do we care if Kiwanuka's released? Well, if he played for the Falcons, this wouldn't even make the news. Nah, he was starting 11 games last year. He's won a couple Super Bowl titles. We'll give him, give him his due. I, that, on, I totally oh, asked the wrong person because Wes, Wes hates the Giants. Greg, you this take This is on par with the Sean Phillips release by the Colts a couple of weeks ago that Greg was thought would make headlines. I would not, have put, that, I would not have put that in the podcast. Sh- hey, people, Sean Phillips wasn't a starter on two Super Bowl winners. He was a starter for the Broncos in, in a Super Bowl, but, hey, p- I'm just serving the people out there, the readers, and they've responded to Sean Phillips. <laughs> people like releases. Well, you know, Kiwanuka, he was always kind of that underrated guy on, on those two titles. Very deep voice, I remember, from interviewing him at the okay. Combine. Nice guy. That's B- cool. BC grad. What more do you want? All right. So he hasn't we- been a, an asset to the Giants in, like, what, four years? I feel like they've it's kept, the right time to move on. In general, they they've kept those guys that that won Super Bowls for them, but it's it's amazing how fast rosters turn over. They have almost no one left from their 2011 Super Bowl. It's over. It's over. It's over with that discussion as well, Matthias. We move on. Julius Thomas. Wes wrote definitely in his post might have to trade in his Orange Julius nickname for one that reflects teal or red. Reportedly seeking a near record of guarantees <laughs> for tight ends. <laughs> Thomas has rejected a five-year, $40 million offer. Uh, so the Jaguars and Falcons are, are two potential options, aren't they, Wes? Who wrote that lead? Mark Istook? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? what does that mean, I don't Greg? even know. Totally. But, you know, he likes a little turn of phrase. Well, he is the pun master. We yes. call Mark Istook the pun master. All right, Wes, pull together. And give us a little bit of info on Julius Thomas. Well, you know, the the Jaguars and Falcons part appears to be spec- speculation. The Jaguars have been connected by several newspapers and and combine buzz, and the Falcons similarly. But I think the main takeaway here is it looks like he's not going to be back in Denver, that he wants guaranteed money that will put him right up near Jimmy Graham. And the Broncos aren't sure he's a good fit for Gary Kubiak's scheme, which he would have to do a lot more blocking for uh, the zone running attack. Well, it's not just speculation. You know, let's let's pull a, you know, peek behind the curtain here. What that is is Julius Thomas's agents being buddies or talking to those reporters, one in Jacksonville, one in Atlanta, saying, hey, I was at the Combine, and I talked 
uh, to Julius Thomas. I mean, I talked to these two teams, and they had some interest, and they had this level of interest or that, and then the writer puts it in there, and they kind of couch it as speculation because it's all unofficial or whatever. It's like, that's how the sausage is made. Look at Greg Rosenthal. Mm. I mean, I don't know this for a that's, fact in this case, but that's, that's years of football reporting experience. He's a real journo. <laughs> Total journal. That's basically what it comes down to. And the, the problem now is these little combine stories aren't as juicy as they used to be because free agency is now too far away. It used to be right after the combine. And so teams would really be talking deals. They'd say, hey, will you promise I'll give you $32 million over eight years? And they'd kind of shop it around. Now they can't. There's too long of a gap. But I'm sure they're receiving interest from the Jaguars and Falcons. Why wouldn't he receive interest? I mean, he's two-time Pro Bowler, just broke a record for uh, 12, first tight end in history with 12 touchdowns in back-to-back years. He's a good player. He, of course he's going to get interest. And speaking of free agency, there will be a familiar name added to the running back list. D'Angelo Williams uh, will be released by the Panthers or has been released. He's the all-time leading rusher in Panthers history, but he was essentially uh, made redundant by Jonathan Stewart proving definitively that he could handle that role in a more three-down basis. So For eight weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so D'Angelo Williams will not be back with the Panthers. 31 years old, has had some nice moments in his career. But, uh, Wes, it's been a while since D'Angelo Williams was a difference maker in this league, right? What was it, 2007 since he had that 15-yard? <laughs> I think it was 2008. 2008, right? 2008, he had oh. a big year. 90 was solid as well. He was actually pretty good. Just last year, 2013. That's a long time ago. He had over a thousand total yards from scrimmage and was pretty effective. Ten touchdowns. I mean, but at has this point, never, has never been close to what his contract said he should have been. Marty Herney, who gave him that was one of the craziest contracts ever. Twenty-one million guaranteed coming out of the lockout, and then the next year he doubled down and gave the same amount of money to Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> it never made sense. Two like mid-level guys. Is Marty Herney still a general manager in the NFL? No, but he awkward. Oh, but he might still be paying Jake DeLome. <laughs> Right. He had to awkwardly defend the D'Angelo Williams contract on television. That's always it. tough. I mean, D'Angelo Williams is the type of guy a lot of people, if you're a fan of a team on Twitter, is like, oh, maybe we should go get D'Angelo Williams. But it's like generally if a guy gets the free agency or cut, you want no part of him, and I would include them. That's why Julius Thomas, now that I'm thinking about it, not to go back there, but. Yeah, we shouldn't, but. Well, let's just do it. I okay. mean, how many uh, – how many in your in their prime like tight ends like that ever become available? I mean, think how much Jared Cook got on the free agent market. Julius, Julius Thomas is much better than Julius Jared Thomas Cook. is an awesome free agent to like in the middle of his prime that talented like he's gonna get huge huge money. That's all I have to say. No, it's good. That's fine. It was, it's all right to double back. He's yep. gonna go from uh, Peyton Manning to Blake Bortles as his quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing to watch with him. All right, so gentlemen, before. That's what's happening in the news. Uh, before we move on, I, I, I'd be remiss not to mention what we were talking about downstairs in the newsroom. That, <clears throat> And, Greg, you might want to turn down the headset for this. It is time. And, TD, you might want to turn up the headset. It is time for another edition of... How about that? It's coming back. And we're going to ask for uh, a whole new batch of contestants to take on Wes. And in case... Uh, you're not familiar as an audience, or if you have new listeners, it's a game of skill and valor, a trivia game. Wes is known as a scientist, uh, takes on a listener uh, in trivia, and if you win, you get yourself an NFL toaster. Uh, Greg had beaten Wes in a huge upset, the Buster Douglas moment of our trivia game, and uh, then 
Greg was taken down by our listener Bernard from Brooklyn. In true Buster Douglas fashion. Who then uh, bequeathed the toaster back to Wes in a, something that left this Greg. This has always been a stupid game. Shaking his head. <laughs> and the fact that it's just allowed to be given to someone, what a what a lack of... It was bequeathed. What a lack of integrity and really self-respect to just take something that you haven't even earned, Chris Wesseling. I, I've won... I don't know, 10 or 11 matches easily, of Win easily. West's Toaster? You've won you one. Won, you haven't won a single one against me. That's a, that's. I, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, that's what I'm going to have over you forever because I'm, I'm in <laughs> retirement. I'm never coming out. I'm 1-0 against West, and that's it. And let me let me tell you that as the Don King of this event, uh, that I this is all just setting up a Titanic rematch between you two down the road. But right wow. now, we got to get Wes's confidence back. we got to get the <laughs> listeners back in the mix. Uh, because, you know, despite what Greg says, I get tons of tweets all the time saying, bring back Win West's Toaster. So, TD behind the glass, what we need to do is uh, you, you reach out to at producer TD. Uh, you, if you think – you have to be good at trivia, by the way. There's a screening process. Uh, if you think you or a stoner from Canada, <laughs> if you if you, or if you're a stoner from Canada, you tweet at TD. Make sure you use the hashtag WWT, and uh, then say you want in. And uh, if you're lucky enough, and if you think you got it, you take Wes on. And we'll do that in a couple of weeks from now. But right now, the process is about finding a true competitor for the great Chris Wesley. TD, any thoughts? Shout out to Brandon who uh, who won the last toaster. That's all. That's all I have. Brandon and Shane. Bernard. Oh, Bernard. Bernard. There we Yikes. go. Bernard. Forgot his Bernard's name. a mensch. Yeah. He had just said it. We have been talking about him as well. But if you, have, if you, you were listening to the show. Did you send Bernard his toaster, stuff. by the way? All right. So clearly 28, not the prime for he got, um <laughs> He got a Jets jersey. He didn't want because he didn't want the oh, toaster. Oh, yeah. He tweeted oh, a picture right. of himself in the Jets jersey. Yeah. All right. Good. So, yes. And that's the thing. Shouldn't it be called Win Bernard's toaster? All right. Bernard right? doesn't have it anymore. It was bequeathed. It was bequeathed, damn it. So get get keep your eye out for that. That will be exciting. Uh, and moving on. All right, Chris, <clears throat> speaking of which, I very rarely call you Chris, so it was a little weird even as Mark does, it. but you don't. Mr. Wessling, cut candidates. So we talk about uh, the the players, veterans that have a chance to be released between now and the start of free agency, and you're working up uh, a really big, exhaustive list for both conferences. Uh, Greg, why don't you get us going? We have a have a top ten here. Uh, should I read the top ten for the AFC? Is that a good way to start things? Sure. All right, here's the top ten cut candidates for the AFC. Percy Harvin, Troy Polamalu, Dwayne Bowe, Trent Richardson, and Reggie Wayne, a combo pack. Matt Schaub, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Lamar Woodley, a Raiders triple pack. Uh, <laughs> Donnell Ellerby and Cortland Finnegan, nine and ten. Brian Hartline, 11, and Brandon Gibson at 12. So two wide receivers for the Dolphins. I'm doing a top 14 as a turn. You can just skip the, the last couple are Titans. So. And they the, don't matter. I don't even know what that those last names were. So <laughs> uh, what's, let's start there, uh, Greg Rosenthal. Well, this is the list of players you basically expect to be cut. You'd be surprised if Troy Palomalu is not cut. That's pretty interesting mm. to me. I have rearranged uh, some of these names on the potential surprise list. Okay. And Paolo Malo is now on my potential surprise list after doing a little bit more research. Wow. Namely that he fell from two all the way down to the surprise list. Well, namely that Art Rooney has, has said publicly that he wants Paolo Malo to retire as a Steeler and made it pretty clear he doesn't want him to play for any other team. So, Well, Harvin's the, the name that stands out to me. You mentioned him, right, Dan? Percy yes. Harvin. And – I would not keep – I would not cut Percy Harvin. I think the Jets are in good position to keep him. 
I mean, they're paying him a lot of money, but they have the cap room. If I'm their general manager, Mike McCagnan, and you come in, you got Decker, you got Harvin, you got Curley, you got Cumbie, you got Chris Ivory. You got, We're not going to have Cumbie, but. You got you got some money to spend. You got tomorrow. tomorrow. I'm just saying that's not a bad group, and you're not giving him some big signing bonus. You're kind of playing it out, pay him for one year, see what he can do. He seems like a really nice fit for Chan Gailey's offense. I would say that, yes, I agree that he potentially could fit in that offense well. Um, and the fact that the way the con- the contract is currently built, it's a year-to-year thing. But to me, if I had a chance to have um, Decker playing alongside uh, uh, Randall Cobb, who I like better as a player, I know you disagree, but I do, or uh, one of these top-wide receivers, uh, White or Amari Cooper, to me, I don't know, I think that's a, a safer bet and I'm more comf- comfortable going that- down that road. The only thing that would really upset me... But you got to make this Harvard decision first. You don't know who's going to slip to you at number six. You don't know how anything. You're going to get one of those two top wide receivers, or you have a ton of money you could, you don't you could bring that. somebody in. Who knows? Maybe they both go. They number look six pretty pick damn, is they a look, good flexibility. They look pretty good. I mean, or who knows? Who Maybe Jameis Winston falls to number six, and then suddenly you're taking him at six. And You know what I'm saying? You right. can make this decision. My, my, my only fear, and this speaks to your point, is if they decide they don't want to move forward with Harvin, and then they idzik it, and they don't replace anybody, and then you're in trouble. We had a high octane newsroom imbroglio about <laughs> about Harvin versus Cobb. From Bowley? Oh yeah. What did you say that Cobb? You said you would that Cobb Harvin is basically is... a poor man's Harvin as far as when when Harvin's healthy. Harvin is much faster and stronger than Randall Cobb, a better playmaker. Well, Cordell Patterson's faster and stronger than than those two too. He's not that great at football. You know what I mean? Harvin is great at football. But you're I mean, ta- what, what's the analogy here? You're talking about some hyper idealized version of peak Harvin that he gets for three games every three years. That's not the reality that that teams have to work with. I mean, wouldn't you much rather have that's Randall not Cobb? Well, that's not what the debate was in the newsroom. I agree that Randall Cobb should earn more money than Harvin because he's more reliable. But when Harvin's healthy, he is a better talent than Randall Cobb. By the way, I'm surprised as I look further down the list, potential surprise cuts. You have Danny Amendola of the Patriots on the list. And I wonder if this is just so you can, in your mind on some level, maybe that would free him up to join your stable of boys forever. <laughs> no, he's Or on, get a condo somewhere. He's on this list because uh, due to strong, strong-arm tactics from Greg Rosenthal, who enjoys seeing grown men lose their jobs. What? You're the one who wrote <laughs> this, this whole article. Uh, what? You think I want Amendola off the team or yeah. something? Yeah. What about Vince Wilfork, who you have in the middle of this here? Big Vince, maybe not the same guy he was, but still like a heart of that entire organization. Yeah, that's it's a perfect guy to put you put on your surprise cuts list, so we're not counting on it. Wilfork is someone I think if if you look at the salary and you look at the production that he had last year and the level of play, Robert Kraft loves him and the stories where he played a big part in keeping Wilfork, and it would be cold blooded to cut Wilfork after that Super Bowl trophy, but isn't that kind of the not as can cold. You, can you imagine the Patriots doing that? Not as cold-blooded as trading Logan Mankins before his first Super Bowl trophy. Oh, man. <laughs> and by the way, Greg knows he could get rid of any of these players and he'd still end up 12-4 and four and deep in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm not trying. I want to. I would want to keep Vince Wilfork. He's a lovely uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He's got gold blunions. What do you call those? Bunions? What? <laughs> what do you call a gold bullion? Gold bullion. Bullion. Yeah, He's got uh, jugs of wine. <laughs> he has a uh, man feeding him grapes. I, I'm aware of Elf. Bu- bullion cubes. That's you know I used right. to make a little tortellini <laughs> soup with that. 
little bullion cubes. Life on the Not throne of ease. Just to pull the curtain back a little bit. So initially, I had like the Game of Thrones throne of ease music. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. is weird. That doesn't. And then, and then Dan hits me up via email the other day. He's like, "Hey, this let's use this one. It, it represents Greg's clumsy nature a little bit." Better. Wow. <laughs> That's not what I said. Something to that effect. Yeah, let's get the whimsical, quote right. Whimsical. There we go. Whimsical oh. and clumsy is yeah, a little <laughs> different. You're trying to get me fired over here. <laughs> All right, whimsical I can. Whimsical is a hey, lot TV, different. Hey, TD, what's up? Greg's a clumsy ox. Give him this. <laughs> it's like a little bit different than Greg's whimsical. That's fair. Yeah. What, TD, that I was, was wondering where you were even going with me. Talk, about, talk about clumsy. The throne in Game of Thrones, there's nothing easy about it. Mm. I haven't even watched it. Well, let's let's oh, talk did. about some of these other surprise ones. By the way, I we, got, we got to move too. We got to. No, do you have anything else? This is great. We got a ton of great stuff. Okay. Here. Peyton, Greg takes glee in other men losing their jobs. Greg, Peyton, is, yeah, Peyton Manning. We're going to talk about. We know this is, this is potentially going to be. Cut. That's a you know Peyton Manning. We're I'm still part of the camp that believes Peyton Manning not a lock. Wouldn't that be amazing if he got cut by the Denver Broncos? And then you got Darrell Revis, Mike Wallace. Tom Ali's the name I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but that wouldn't surprise me if they cut Tom What's Ali. the percentage chance that Darrell Revis is a free agent, you think? 30? I That seems low to me. That seems low? I just think they'll work out a long-term deal. I don't think they'll pay him $20 million. So I do think I think he'll either be cut or they'll have a long-term deal. I don't think they're just going to keep him at that salary. All right. Anything else, Greg, you want to hit on the potential surprises? Mike Wallace, he'll probably still be there, right? They they met with him Miami. during the combine. I actually take something out of that. The fact that Mike Wall that the Dolphins care enough to meet with his side to try to work something out. It seems like they're not ready to shut the door. That would be crazy because if they went they went full Panthers and they cut their basically their 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 entire wide receiver corp if they also get rid of Hartline. Uh, moving you went, forward. You went back to Corp there. <laughs> yes, you did. Did I? Dark <laughs> moment. I'm never going to stop. All right, Greg, is there anyone else you want to hit on here in, in your clumsy yeah, let's nature? Go, let's, let's, go, let's whimsically go to the NFC. All right, let's do that. All right, so here's the top of Wesling's NFC list, unless he's edited uh, to undermine our podcast. <laughs> this is in no particular way. Okay. This will go up on Wednesday. Oh, By a... the way, when you listen to this, you can read the AFC one, hot oc- high octane, and then Wednesday will drop the NFC. Mm, nice, yeah, this nice is boss in no order. Take that, Sessler. The list you have in front of you. Okay, I'll no just pull out whatsoever. some interesting names, and maybe uh, we'll break down what they are. Cutler, Brandon Marshall is interesting to me. Of course, Adrian Peterson. Uh, Reggie Bush, uh, I think we could take Kiwanuka off this list. Uh, <laughs> Pierre Garçon, that one jumps out to me. Yeah, what? You really think they would cut Pierre Garçon? Is there any thought uh, to that? If you're not going to use him, why pay him $9 million a year? Well, and they don't <laughs> use him in Jay Gruden's offense. So this is basically you living out some sort of, I don't know, anger that you have towards the Redskins. No, that's a hashtag analysis. He's a bad fitness offense. He played the X and had a great year the year before in Kyle Shanahan's office offense. Then Jay Gruden brings his offensive in and makes Deshaun Jackson the centerpiece, turns Pierre Garcon into a blocker. Well, they gave him a lot of uh, big signing bonus. They'd have to take a bit of a cap hit. Sounds like that might just be one where they restructure him and keep him. Uh, name that jumps out to me on Wes's list, Riley Cooper. Uh, when I wrote the offseason forecast, obviously he fell off a cliff. But apparently, the, the way the contract's written, it would cost them more to get rid of him than to keep him. Is he that bad where they would just wash their hands of him? I, who was worse than him last year? Like, his whole season was Reggie Wayne's last two months. And and right. really, if you think about it, two years ago, or whatever, 2013, 
he was one of the worst wide receiver starters in the league too. So two out of the last three years, I guess it was 2012. 2012 sorry, yeah. I mean he was been one of the and worst then starters. The one in the middle, he had what ten or yeah, twelve he had touchdowns, a nice, he had but a nice to, yeah, I mean you make a good point. I mean, but also, you know, you have to keep Jeremy Macklin. They got to find a way to keep him in the building. I wouldn't bank on that. <laughs> them making a hard play to keep him. I think the Chiefs are waiting for him Ooh. to make a run at him, reunite him with Andy Reid, and bring him back home. I like uh, the top of your list here, Cutler and Marshall. It, it's hard for me to imagine them cutting Cutler. I mean, I understand why you put him on the list. He should be on the list. It's hard for me uh, to imagine them cutting Cutler, rather, because just you're going to be paying him to go away, and you don't have a logical quarterback solution. I think they'll try to trade him. But Marshall is interesting that they don't seem like – totally convinced that they want to keep Brandon Marshall around despite being you know, very productive. The weird thing about this to me, and it, somebody there bears another team I wrote the forecast on. And then some bears fan got on me about, you know, everybody's saying that Brandon Marshall is such a huge headache and do teams want to, to deal with that. And you know, what, what is he really, uh, how was he a headache last season? Uh, and to, that's kind of a good point. There was the locker room yelling incident. He went he there was were, inside the NFL, which is an annoying thing, but I mean, maybe there, there's there more stuff cooking behind the scenes. Articles come out in the last few weeks. One from Chicago uh, Tribune, I think. One from the Sun Times, and another one from Hub Arkish, who used to write for Pro Football Weekly, all basically slamming him and saying teammates and coaches, wow, did not did not like his attitude. And I think him traveling every Tuesday to do inside the NFL rankled quite a few people yeah, as well. It's out. possible that he is a locker room lawyer. Oh yes. I don't know what a locker room sure lawyer is. Still, what did we ask? Did we ask Tannenbaum about that? Yeah, I don't. He gave a good answer, and he actually is a lawyer, so you would think <laughs> that he would. Ha- he didn't seem to know either, but uh, maybe Brendan Marshall is a locker room lawyer. By the way, Greg Jennings on this list—that's a good. That's a good one. When North Turner is taking shots at you indirectly by calling <laughs> Charles Johnson the best receiver by far on the team, you know Greg Jennings is not long for Minnesota. What about Jake Long, who who's not getting his left tackle job back? Who who's falling off a cliff faster? Not. Other uh, other than Riley Cooper and then Jake Long, his body, I guess, just betrayed him. Well, I, I would argue it's been a slow decline. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries over his career. So I mean, even in Miami, he was struggling. They're, the contract that they gave him was very surprising to a lot of people when it happened, and, and I'd be stunned if he was back. I expect him to be cut. Anybody else on the st- – I see Steven Jackson's here. He's gone. Steven Jackson going to get another job? He might be done. I could see him getting one more one-year backup job type of thing. You know, think so, Wes? I think he's. It's time to go. He 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 moves like Trent Richardson. You have Jari Evans and Marcus Colston. You could throw Ben Grubbs on there as well, who reportedly needs to restructure his contract. The Saints kind of they're kind of a team. I wonder, like some of these big contracts. Not that their windows closing, but they almost feel like one of those teams that keeps having to cut players because they got into cap trouble. They're in bigger cap trouble than any team right now. Right, and so that that's that you do not want to be there. They have not really won many games the last years. It's just something's bad about in New Orleans right now. I think there's a feeling like, oh, they'll bounce back, but I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to get back to, to where they were. You might even say there's bad voodoo. Mm. Ugh, well played. I, I tweeted. Uh, More is took from me. <laughs> I tweeted from the airplane yesterday uh, being able to spy on a Rob Ryan fast food session. Oh, yeah, that was great. Okay. I like that little – you did one of those – you know, sometimes people go on, like, 15 tweets. It was inspired thing. by Norm MacDonald, who, if you care about SNL, went on an epic 
uh, storytelling rant last week about how Eddie Murphy on, almost was in a uh, played Bill Cosby in a Jeopardy sketch for their 40th anniversary special, and he went on for That's literally a awesome. hundred tweets about it. Two, two hours long, uh, <laughs> which That's is amazing. Cool. But anyway, so I I basically live tw- not live tweeted, but I report tweeted <laughs> on Lovey Smith followed by Rob Ryan going to Chick Fil A. And uh, Rob Ryan was instantly recognized by one of the cooks behind who was uh, taking a picture with his phone. And I thought, is there any other coordinator in football that would have been recognized besides Rob? That's a good question. Well, I'm trying to think was. of for- former, former head coaches that are Maybe Wade Phillips. but uh, And then he ordered two chicken Eric sandwiches. Eric Mangini. One spicy, maybe, and one plain, and a medium Dr. Pepper. Well, you're burying the lead here. Where did you eat before this? Oh, I went to Kedoba. That's a bad job. Which uh, I looked at Chick Fil A, and I, then I looked at Kedoba, <laughs> and I was like, ah, let me try Kedoba. Immediately regretted it. And then I've never even heard of Kedoba. I've seen it, but I've never. It's got a it. mid to lower tier Mexican eatery. Hmm. It's we, like third in the list behind Freebirds. Freebirds Chipotle. I don't know Freebirds. Oh, that's that's bad well, go, uh, Gold Standard and I were tweeting back and forth <laughs> afterwards about a division of Mexican food uh, joints and. We had uh, I had Baja Fresh at eleven and five, I had Chipotle at ten and six, I had Kedoba at five and eleven, and then Taco Bell at four and twelve. Freebirds uh, thirteen and three. Okay, I'm I'll look so into sure it. about Baja Fresh. If we can only count LA chains, we'll put Paquito Moss at. You're four, a big Paquito Moss. Fourteen and two with the buy. How did Taco Bell get even a single win? <laughs> yeah, I had to put somebody in last place, and that was all I thought of. All right, before we go, <laughs> so that that happened. Uh, before we go, let's talk about the combine a little bit. Let's circle back and and uh, and talk about uh, the what we saw on TV, uh, what we what I saw in person at Lucas Oil Stadium. Greg, uh, you have some hot takes, I'm sure. So we'll start with you. Oh, really? All right. Well, don't don't trip over your feet, old clumsy Rosenthal. <laughs> well, we're not college experts around here. We have Bucky really to help us out, and Daniel, and you were just starting to learn these players. But I did start to get excited about the wide receiver class, thinking about, you know, these are guys like last year who are going to be a big part of our lives again. I don't think it's going to be last year's receiver class really one of the best of all time as rookies. If we didn't know that until no, we after did. the fact, though. But we, we thought that they were going to be pretty good, they, and that's why five or six went in the first round, and they went so early. And just watching these guys, especially uh, – Kevin White and Amari Cooper and Devontae Parker, it seems like three guys could go as high as the top 10, top 12. And DJ made the point he thinks that they are as safe as any picks in the draft, which is interesting to hear about a wide receiver. But you can see that in today's NFL with the rules and everything and just watching how these guys' skills translate. I mean, White's a beast. Yeah, he he definitely – uh, Amari Cooper, when he went into the combine, a lot of people said he was the top guy. Now I feel like White has taken that over. And I did briefly in my mind um, talk myself into it. Originally I was like, oh, we take Mariota, the Jets, at six. And then, <laughs> you know, we'll figure out figure out something down the line, but get that quarterback. Then for a while I talked myself into grab a, one of those receivers at, at number six, whether it's White or Cooper, then come back and get some Bryce Petty, who I was loving. And then I sat in, <laughs> Big on, arm. A, I sat in on a Mike Mayock press conference and he explained that these spread quarterbacks uh, are you, they're completely the mysteries because you can't see how they react in the pocket and how they run an offense and whether they have any awareness, and it scared me off. They, he said that Bryce Petty and uh, the Hundley kid are at least one-year uh, projects and more than that. I saw DJ had 
career snaps under center for some of these guys. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, five in his entire college career. Well, I, w- I was listening at the Senior Bowl. I think it was Gus Bradley on, on the set with NFL Network, and he said he asked his group of 30 players, how many of you guys huddled last year? And it was only like six guys out of 30. Mm. Isn't that, wow. isn't that insane? Yeah. Like, just huddled regularly, you know, as part of your team because that's that's what teams do. But it's a totally it's a totally different game. and It's and, a different position. Spread quarterback is a different position than NFL quarterback. Well, and quarterbacks could emerge from the later rounds and be factors. It, it happens all the time. But I think, you know, one thing as we, we're getting to know the, the, this class better is it's a huge drop from those top two to really anyone that I think te- people are going to be excited about. It's not like the Kaepernick – Dalton and who else was in that little group there in the second round where there was where there was this group of guys in that class where people were thinking okay they might not go in the first round but these guys could be factors pretty soon it doesn't seem like that class yeah and you know but then you think about this spread thing and what Mayock said he he likened it to putting someone from kindergarten into a college level class Mariota why is he then the number five pick if he's that at that same level where you can't figure out how he can play half of the game I mean I heard scares me a little bit. Chip Kelly weighed in on this and basically said that Mariota is the smartest player he's ever been around, and he will pick it up extremely right. fast. And nobody has to worry about his work ethic or putting in the time because everybody's convinced that he's that guy who will pick it up quickly wow. and be committed to it. I thought we were going to come out of the combine and people would be talking about him as a potential number one again. Just because how can you knock the guy for just doing well in everything he's done? And he shows up to the combine. He he runs fast. He tests really well, which wasn't a surprise. So he's wildly athletic. He's known as being uh, accurate. He showed off a good arm in college when they asked him to, and he did at the combine too. Usually players don't throw at the combine very well, and everyone was really impressed with how Marietta throws. So he's accurate. He's got great measurables. He's smart. He works hard. It's like, okay, he was in well, a spread offense, but that's a lot to like. One thing I did hear on the floor, and it's funny because TD just pinged me, so I was about to throw it to him, was I heard some people talking about how he carries himself, the way uh, the way he walks, and, yes, body language. So, TD, the body language expert, your thoughts on Marcus Mariota? I wasn't at Combine this year, but uh, I was doing some research back here for some other stuff, and the one thing that stands Not out our show. about him well, – it might, might be. 28, man. Is uh, – <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a very quiet guy. He's yeah. a very soft-spoken kind of guy, and which is good. He's respectful. That's that's good to know. But in a room full of uh, grown men commanding a huddle, I don't like think about it right now. You, I mean, you're shrugging right Never now. Never been tonight. in a huddle to command. But that's a good point. Like, can he do it? Like that, that's Joe, that's all I'm going to ask. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe like, Flacco was not that quiet. Joe Flacco was a fun guy, though. Like Carson Palmer with his teammates. Eli Manning's won a couple Super Bowls. He's he's always the who has worse body, body language, language than Eli. Old slumping Peyton, Eli. Peyton's up there, or at least early in his career. No, Peyton gets sure. fiery. Though. Old shrugging Eli, they call him. Eli's the he's the that's his actual birth name. Well, there it was really striking to watch Mariota and Winston, for instance, when they interviewed on the set with NFL Network. I mean, they couldn't be more diametrically opposed. It, I mean, in term, Winston. Very gregarious. I think mean, some people wondering, you know, is that, I don't know, a sales job or something? But it's hard not to like Did it. they give him the old Eddie Haskell tag? That's my favorite one. <laughs> what? The scout term. He's got a little Eddie Haskell in him. Like, you can't believe Wes, anything he says. I know what you're talking about right now, but help out everyone else I born don't. I honestly, uh, wait, after what? 1970. Eddie Haskell's a character in Leave It to Beaver. 
and he was always up to no good and blaming things on other people. You just couldn't believe anything. He was a stinky Davis. He was disingenuous. Yeah. And I, I think that's what scouts always say, that he's got some Eddie Haskell in him. Kind of like that's what they used to say. Cam Newton's fake smile or whatever. Right. A little Haskell. Give me a got break. Got a similar in that regard. What, what do you think about Jameis's uh, – Demeanor. He is, uh, like you said, he's very boisterous. But there is questions: How gen- genuine is this guy? Yeah, it seems kind of shady. But oh, come on! I mean, I don't know. I just, just <laughs> the verdict is still out. But I do like his enthusiasm, and people are saying that's something the NFL teams are going to beat out of him. Verdict I, better come in because uh, April thirtieth. I know. I disagree uh, though. I don't think PR teams are going to beat beat that out of him because he seems like a guy that feeds off that. He needs that energy. He needs that enthusiasm to play well. Look, I'm not trying to date these guys or whatever. I, I don't care about their personalities that much. Everything they say about Jameis Winston and watching him and stuff, it seems like exactly what you want out of out of your quarterback. The comparison was to Ben Roethlisberger, which, of course, is going to get me excited. I mean, he can anticipate. He's accurate, he, big arm, football smart. Like, what, what more do you want? I think the comparisons to Big Ben might extend to off the field. Well, I would take it if you could sign up. If you could sign up for another career of Big Ben, and you're you're not dra- you're not going to let him pass in the draft board because of off the field stuff. All right, that's it. That's all we have time for. And thankfully, Bucky will uh, uh, you know lead us uh, to more college football goodness. And that was good. Draft I think that was a good that start. Was, for that was pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, we will be back when I have Thursday? a question for you guys. Yes, so really before we wrap. So I have this drop. Okay. Yeah, this oh. is going to upset Dan. I mean, he was trying to rap. No, it's well, okay. Yeah, it here. Rap, I'm going right? to hear him to out. the show. Let's hear him. Because, you know, birthdays. Yep. A lot of birthdays. Ooh, I think I know where you're going. And I wanted to know, because I, I contend that everyone sort of knows where they were yep. when 50 first came out. I thought you were going to ask know. if Wes knew who that was. Sing, I really wanted to know where Mark, uh, Mark's answer to this. But do you guys remember when 50 first dropped and that single first nah. came out? Do you oh. remember where you were, what you're up to? Because it was, it was oh, a hit. I was in Hoboken, and it was basically, you know, one of the biggest singles of all time. Yeah, man. I was in Cincinnati working at a law firm. I do remember when it came out. I mean, I was I know I was in New York cuz I was there for 10 years, but I don't know. I don't remember. One of the stupidest videos. It was like Dr. Dre basically turning 50 Cent into Ivan Drago. Exactly. And it was like, like this a lot of like male nudity and and <laughs> like upside down sit-ups. Yeah. It was excuse me. It was <laughs> it was just weird. Uh, I mean, right. you want to ask me when I, where I was when Juvenile's Ha came out? <laughs> then I'll know exactly where I was seated, oh. what couch, which, you know, part do of wanna, the couch. Uh, do you want to ask me when uh, New Radicals, You Get What You Give came <laughs> out in 98? I mean, that was, that was running through the hallways. Uh, all right. Well, that was good, TD. That was good. That's it for this podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. And we will uh, hope Mark will be back. Yeah, the whole crew together for a while. Whole crew will be back. So that's exciting. Uh, And, uh, yes, hashtag WWT to at producer TD. Let's start building that up. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman and the boss and TD behind the glass. Till Thursday.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.